Language Chats. This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond, where we share our enjoyment and experiences of language learning with you. I'm Beck. And hi, I'm Penny. We both live in Australia and we really do love learning languages and we love chatting to each other about it. We're not teachers and we're not experts, but we are just learners, really, just like you. Um, and we just like to talk to each other about our thoughts and our experiences, both good and bad, um, of learning other languages. So thank you for joining us today for episode four of Language Chats. Um, today is a bit of an interesting episode, one that I'm already in my little pre-research getting very excited about because it's all very tempting, if you ask me. Um <laughs> We are talking about language events um, and language conferences, some of which you might have seen advertised before and others you might not have heard about. Um, But we thought it would be just fun to just chat about the ones we've participated and attended, but also the ones that are coming up, which look fab as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Beck, I know that we've talked before in the past how we met online at the Women in Language Conference in 2018 and we also attended and participated in the Women in Language Conference this year, 2019 as well. Mm -hmm. What for you do you think the benefits are of attending language events like Women in Language or like some of the in-person events that you've attended? I mean, we talk about, you know, all the benefits, but what do you think for you really stands out? So, to, to be honest, for me, it's totally social. Like, I think that women in language is a bit, um, is particular in that it's online, but just like being able to kind of meet, again, meeting in inverted commas, I suppose, for, <laughs> when it's an online event, but other people who are also interested in the same things interested in languages, interested in learning languages, interested in talking about languages together and just like just like what we do through this podcast really. Um, yeah. but talking about your different experiences and and hearing about other interesting I don't know, other interesting experiences that other people have had. I think that's that's probably the biggest benefit that I have experienced so far in these kinds of events. And do you think it's really motivating as well? I, I that's how I feel too that, you know, Yeah. Being around these people that have a common interest with me and kind of get where I'm coming from and what I'm talking about is actually really motivating and really inspiring and it it spurs me on a little bit. Did you find that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think it like sometimes it can be harder talking to um, <laughs> like talking to your friends about it because everybody doesn't people don't always understand why you would be learning a language by potentially like by yourself as an adult but also like if you're not if you're you know you're not planning to go somewhere to to live for example or you're you're purely just learning a language for pleasure and I think that um when you talk to other people who are in that same position of just being like I'm just learning this because I think it sounds cool and I think it's fun um and you you start to go actually this is this is fine like this isn't a weird thing to do it's something that other people are also interested in and yeah that does spur you on because you're like ah oh, like great well my motivations aren't you know they're not wrong and they're not weird um they're yeah. motivations yeah. that other people share as well for sure yeah, yeah absolutely and I think um I mean so the Women in Language Conference as you said was an is an online conference mm. and this is the um second year it's run um 
we and we and we got to meet originally at the 2018 conference, yeah. which was fantastic, or meet online. Um, we both attended this year in March 2019. Did you have any standout presentations? Because I'll, I'll maybe I'll just explain the format a little bit because it 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 really is a unique conference, and I think um, Kirsten, Lindsay, and Shannon, who are the co-organisers of the conference, do a fabulous job because it's a four-day online event. Um, which means you can participate from anywhere in the world, from home, in your jammies, keeps the cost down as well, which I think is makes it much more accessible for everyone. And the presentations are from, I guess, kind of ordinary people like us, yeah. <laughs> um, which I think also makes it really accessible and enjoyable too. Um, so did you manage to catch a lot of the presentations live or did you watch them on replay or how did you? So I, um, I tried to catch the ones that I could live, obviously, um, because I feel, I feel like we have like, in, in Australia on the East Coast, we have like one of the worst time zones for just about everywhere else in the world. Um, and although the um, uh, Kirsten and Lindsay and Shannon, I think all were very accommodating in trying to make sure that the times, the live times for the Women in Language Conference were um, accessible to the largest number of people as possible. Um, the, that did mean that sort of for our time zone, um, a lot of the live presentations were kind of at the end of our day or very, very early in the morning, um, <laughs> which is which was totally fine. Um, I was so excited about this event that I was happy to stay up through the middle of the night and get up pretty early in the morning to <laughs> um, to listen to some of the presentations. So I did catch a few of them live, um, but yeah, did listen to a few on replay. And to be honest, there are actually a few that I still have to go back and listen to, um, oh, which is one of me the too. other benefits yep. of an online event like this is that once you have been part of it or you have a ticket to it, you then have lifetime subscription, I think, to be able to... Um, sorry, access the recordings and stuff. So even now, a couple of months, sorry, a, a month and a bit later, is that right? Yeah, almost two months later, yeah. we can still go back and, and listen to those presentations again if you want to or listen to ones that maybe you just didn't have a chance to um, watch at the time. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's definitely – I've watched a couple, Yeah, you know, lately as well and um, I've even gone back recently and watched um, one or two from 2018 as well because, like you said, you can – watch the um exactly any old time yeah um but it was great to hear from some of the people that I've been following on Instagram for a little while and to see them in real life um uh Jess I think from Scotland who runs Nihongo Connection I think that was really cool to to see how she set up her Japanese community in Edinburgh I think she's in Edinburgh um yeah and there was just a few others like that who I've kind of followed along and then to hear their story and to hear what their focus is and how they've you know kind of incorporated their language learning into their families or to their business or, or whatever it is just was um really fab really fantastic Definitely. and you and oh, you were also part of one of the panel discussions as well can we I was on a panel and we were talking about there was three of us with Shannon who was moderating the panel and we were talking about um language learning with our families with our kids um so we're a bit of a mixture there was there was two of us who were native english speakers and then a woman from the states who was bilingual with spanish okay so it was interesting that um 
Shona from the UK was trying to incorporate French with her family, with her kids. Yep. And um, and I was talking about incorporating Chinese and Vietnamese with my daughter. And it was just, yeah, it was a really good conversation. I liked being on a panel. I think, you know, it's a really, it's a really fun thing to do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and a great topic too. Um, but it's also, so, and it's nice to see different people's views on on kind of trying to do the same thing, but with, with different languages, different families, different places. Different countries. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Different levels of um, probably also like whether you're a native speaker of the language that you're trying to incorporate or not um, as well. Oh, and I loved um, one of Shona's suggestions, which I think would work well for our family and for people who are not native speakers but she has tried over the years to get native french speakers students um into her home to play with the kids and to speak french with them in a really informal fun way yeah um and i just think oh what a great you know it's such an obvious thing but what a great way to get the language into your house from a native speaker yeah but the kids are just playing and having fun and that's all they care about. <laughs> um, so I could really imagine doing that with, with, with Vietnamese and Chinese in particular, particularly in Melbourne, because we've got so many young people who speak those languages. Yeah, here, that's exactly that right. Could really tap into and that. how did And how did you enjoy your first experience presenting as well at a conference at Women in Language? Because you oh, also did well, your own presentation for this too. I did do a presentation and it was it was really fun. I was a little bit nervous, but then once I got going, it was, it was great because... Um, you, you've got the chat room, which is kind of happening um, alongside your presentation, um, and that's really fun that you can hear what, what people are talking about um, and ask questions and get some feedback in real life time. Um, so that was great too. And the like you said, the time zone is a little bit a little bit tricky. Yeah, so okay. I think I was up about five thirty, and um, but for me morning is a great time to get all that stuff done anyway yep. so didn't really matter but yes so I think if anyone's keen um the women in language team also ran a smaller event late in 2018 called camp which right. they may be running again towards the end of 2019 so we'll keep you posted on um when those dates released and um how to get tickets and that kind of thing because that is another event that's worth um getting a ticket for it's online again yep um so yes couldn't recommend highly enough Mm. being involved in attending an online event I think I'm just such a convert to um being at home and tuning in when you can and just yeah but it really is that that idea of relaxed yeah that's right but the the whole the accessibility of it I know you mentioned just before I think is just the it's just the kind of winning, <laughs> the winning, the winning point because when there are so many people all around the world who are interested in learning languages, naturally, it is it is hard to all get into into one place. Um, and this kind of event meant that it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter what your time zone is, it doesn't matter what what your flexibility is during your day either because, yep, you can watch it whenever you like. But also if you can make it live and you can watch it, you can be in bed and in your pyjamas and <laughs> set up with a, with a cup of tea and, you know, you can watch while you're making dinner or um, it really doesn't mean it's not in any way sort of binding and can fit very easily into all of the other things that you need to do in your day. I thought it was fantastic. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
Definitely. Definitely agree. Yeah. We have been talking about, I know, over the last few months, all the fabulous events which are happening worldwide, particularly in Europe and North America and for the first time in Asia this year, which is also very exciting. But I think the next kind of in real life language um, event that's happening will be the Polyglot Gathering in Bratislava and Slovakia at the end of May, May 29 to the uh, June the 2nd. Now, this to me sounds like an amazing, amazing event. Huge. I think they've got something like 500, 500 people attending. Yeah, that's what I've heard. A four-day social program and, you know, language program. Um, just, yeah. Uh, it looks it looks so cool. We we do know some people who have been and, and they have said you know that it's a fantastic event. Um, I've also heard that it's the last time that it's being held in Bratislava. So oh, is that right? I we'll have to look to twenty twenty and see what um, city and country it will be held in. And has next. has the polyglot gathering always been in Bratislava? I kind of get the impression that it has been there since they've been running it. Is that Right. It's the third time that it's being held in Bratislava, but I actually don't know if it was held elsewhere prior to that okay. or whether Bratislava was the original location. Because um, that's, so, quite, that's but, yeah. a bit different to, for example, the Polyglot Conference, which every year that it's been held, I think every year it's been in a different, every year it's been in a different location. Yeah, I think it was in Ljubljana last year, was it? Yeah, exactly. And um, this year, yeah. Fukuoka in Japan. Yes. Exactly, which is a which lot is closer for us. So the Polyglot Conference is in October the 18th to the 20th of October 2019. Yep. Being held in Japan this year, which makes it a lot more accessible for us Aussies. And Beck, you've got exciting news. I know, because I actually booked my ticket to the Polyglot Conference Yay! not that long ago, which is very exciting. I can't wait. Um, it's still a while away, but um, that's just more time to get excited about it, really. So <laughs> um, it's going to be a very exciting um, and fun little trip. I have seen too that you have been talking about brushing up on your high school Japanese. Yes, I have. I, I, I did think that, so it's been a long time since I did any Japanese. I took about three years of Japanese in high school, but sort of early in high school too, I think from year seven till year 10. So um, it like I can still remember some of the basics um, and for those who have a little bit of knowledge of Japanese, like I can still remember most hiragana and katakana, um, but I certainly couldn't really have a conversation with somebody at this point. Um, but I do feel like having a trip to Japan also, which is for the Polygon Conference, being a language conference, it just feels like the right thing to do to uh, resurrect my high school Japanese and bring it back for this event. And for, and for a little bit of, you know, I mean, going to Japan, it's like have a few conversations and after the conference as well, um, sort of making my way um, back to Tokyo to fly back to Australia. I'm like, it's a good, a good motivation to bring it back. Oh, completely. Oh, yeah. you're going to have a blast. And I think all of us um, will be looking forward to all your updates and, and photos yeah. and um, feedback on the conference. I mean, I'd love to, I mean hopefully 
post-polyglot conference, we can do a little podcast and hear all about the event because I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, don't worry. There will be lots of photos and videos and notes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm really, I'm really interested to see what this kind of event is like because I, I haven't been to an event like the polyglot conference before, um, and I'm, I'm just curious. Um, to to see what it's like, what it is like meeting a lot of other people who are interested in languages like we are, um, but also the sort of range of presentations that I'm sure will be available. That hasn't been, um, none of that's been announced yet, but um, I know they've got a focus this year on Asian languages, um, it being in Japan and being the first time that they've held it in Asia, um, but also a focus on Indigenous languages because it is the year of Indigenous languages too. Um, so I think there'll be some really, really interesting things to hear there and some really interesting people to talk to. Oh, it sounds fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're going to have a blast. Yeah. And there is an, I was just going to say too, there is another language event coming up um, that is held in Montreal each mm. year in summer. So it's in August, August 23 to 25, and that's called Langfest. Do you know much about Langfest, Beck? Because um, I don't know a heap about it, but yeah, I, again, it looks fantastic. I don't know heaps about it either. I, again, know a few people who've been to it before and it sounds great in, in a similar way to, I think, the Polyglot Gathering and the Polyglot Conference. So similar style event, um, lots of really interesting sounding presentations, um, lots of social opportunities for people to hang out and do language exchanges as well as just meet up and like sightsee a little bit around Montreal and stuff um it does sound like a really cool event and would that be a particularly good one for French speakers do you think because I know their website is bilingual and yeah all their kind of materials that they produce are bilingual as well yeah so I think um I don't think there's like a particular focus on French at this event I think it's like the others in that there is very much a a sort of broad view of um, what can be available for presentations and in general for people to exchange on. Um, but Montreal is just an interesting city from that point of view in general. Like I did my, um, when I was at uni, I did an exchange there. Um, and having studied a bit of French at um, uni as well, I did some of my subjects in French and some of my subjects in English. And it's really interesting, especially if you have learnt mostly from uh, French teachers who are from France, for example, um, to then see how different the French is in Canada. And it is quite different. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that even if you were just there in general, just seeing how those, if you're interested in French, seeing what those differences are like would be quite an eye opener. <laughs> and it's just a beautiful city, isn't it? Oh, it um, is. Gorgeous you know. city. I, like, I mean, Langfest, every time I see it come up online in advance of the event, I'm like, ah. Oh, what year can I make it to Langfest? Just so I have a good excuse to go back to Montreal. It's such a beautiful city. Well, keep us posted. Maybe 2020. Oh, yeah. Who knows? We'll see. Knows? We'll see. <laughs> you did make it to Europe, though, um, in November last year, in 2018, and you were able to tie your trip into going to the language show in London. I did. Now, this is a little bit of a different event from what I've gathered from what you've said and mm. what I've seen online. Yeah, so... Um, I, tell us about Language Show. Yeah, the Language Show is is a little different to the other ones that we've just been talking about, only in that it's, it was, well, it is still um, more of an expo, I suppose, than a conference in the way that the others are. With, like, I mean, there were mm-hmm. presentations at the Language Show, um, but it was very much also an event with... Um, 
lots of uh, publishers, for example, or educational providers. Um, lots of teachers were there um, and the presentations that were available at this event were kind of split into streams that were for educators um, as opposed to people who are also interested in languages in general, which is probably kind of my, my our stream um, if we were both there. Um, and so, yeah, that was it was very much also directed um, at, at educators and teachers specifically as well as to everybody else um, and with lots of stalls for, um, yeah, like I said, sort of publishers and the cultural institutes, for example, who offer classes or um, I'm trying to think of who else was there. There were some bookshops, um, people who were creating apps um, mm. were sort of displaying. Yeah. So, yeah, a different, a different style of event. Um, but all of that said, there was still kind of a social aspect of that too. While I was there, I got the opportunity to, to meet up with a few people who um, we had met, both of us have kind of met online, but never really met in person prior to this. So um, I caught up with uh, Kirsten Cable from The Fluent Show and Lindsay Williams from Lindsay Does Languages, um, Michelle Froller from The Intrepid Guide, um, Ermi from the Language Rose, uh, yeah, a few, a few other different people who were also there for the event um, just to see what was going on. And so um, we kind of made a little social event out of it too. <laughs> yeah, and I, I saw some of the pics from that looked fantastic. Yeah. But that's, that's, you know, one of the benefits of going to, I guess, a city like London, you know, where it's such a great meeting point for, for people to get to. Yeah, de- um, definitely. And to have that social aspect as well. Yeah. What's your feeling? I mean, I know we've talked about all these wonderful events which are held (laughs) in the Northern Hemisphere. Yes. We've talked about this a million times. Um, Do you think there's appetite for an event like what we've talked about, like the Polyglot Conference in Australia or New Zealand? I think that would be really cool. (laughs) I don't don't know what what you think. Um, but I agree. I, <laughs> um, I, I think that would be so, so fun. Um, I think, I think it would be great to hear from, from you guys, actually, from anyone who's listening out there. If you are in Australia or New Zealand or in the Pacific in general, um, in Asia as well, and you think that maybe we need a little event um, on sort of this side of the globe, where some of us could get together, um, tell us. I think it would be it would be really cool to hear from some other people as well, um, whether that would be the kind of thing that people are into. Yeah, great idea. I think, yeah, if you're have got any suggestions, you're keen at all, let us know for sure. Because um, yeah, you know, Beck and I get these crazy ideas, and then who knows <laughs> if if anyone else thinks they're good or not. <laughs> and it wouldn't necessarily need to be, you know, maybe it could be an online event as well. Yes, maybe that is true. Makes it way more accessible. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well, well, we will keep mulling ideas over, and yeah, like Beck said, let us know all your thoughts as yeah. well. And if you have been to and if you've been to a language-related event, um, wherever you might be, um, that you want to tell us about, tell us your experience, something cool that happened, um, what it was like meeting up with other. Um, interested people, other polyglots maybe, if you consider yourself to be a polyglot. Um, And, yeah, tell us about your experiences. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. 
Well, um, thank you for joining us again on Language Chats. Um, as many of you know, Language Chats, the podcast, is part of a larger project which we started called um, Language Lovers AU. Um, some of you may have already subscribed to our mailing list, but if you haven't, you can jump on at languagelovers.com.au. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook um, under Language Lovers AU. And also, wherever it is that you're listening to us, please leave us a review. Um, it helps other language lovers to find us too. We'll see you next time. And thank you for listening. See you next time. <laughs>